0: Hey music makers, welcome back to Make More Music, the podcast connects you to music and one another. My name's Chris, I'm a board certified music therapist, and this is episode 51 with John Esterley of Rare Buzz Effects. Hope you've been doing good. It has not been the world's brightest week. Um, in my house, we lost one of our puppies this week, uh, unfortunately. So one of my original co-hosts that you could hear clip-clopping uh, around in the background and uh, occasionally barking or, you know, other extraneous noise. She was a basset hound who was very honorary. So Cottie will be very missed. But uh, on the bright side, we had a great run with her. She was a great dog and, you know, I don't know. It was good, but thoughts, prayers, condolences are welcome. You can hit that up. But other than that, this episode is so great. John um, is really kind of that DIY effects pedal person's just dude. He's great. And I was connected with him through Gary from Partscaster Concierge. They have some cool collabs coming up. He has some great pedals. The Snitch is a rat-style pedal, and it is awesome. Um, and this is a great chat. We just dive in talking about DIY. What you, should you do? And um, you know, what are some circuits to look at? And how do you get into that? So, another great story of a guy who just started a side hustle and it's grown into this thing. And um, great company with great personality. This is Rare Buzz Effects on Make More Music. Music. Season three of Make More Music is brought to you by three great sponsors. and I wanted to tell you about them real quick. So. I built a guitar and it is awesome. I have a companion blog post in the show notes that tells you about building a parts caster from concept to creation. And it tells you about the three great sponsors I got to work with. First is parts caster concierge. Gary offers a truly concierge experience from build constructions and consultations to unfinished bodies and wooden pedal enclosures all the way to custom requests and fully custom builds. He offers traditional styles as well as unique, one-of-a-kind DIY experiences with guitars that wouldn't traditionally have a bolt-on neck with a parts caster style build. Second is Porter Pickups. Brian and his team have been winding pickups focused on finding you the right sound and winding with a purpose. Their five-person shop offers consultation through their online pickup chooser form to help you get closer to the sounds you're looking for. They sound killer. They just launched an entry-level affordable line called the Gatekeeper. So if you're looking for something to try for the first time, look them up. Our last sponsor is Gun Street Wiring Shop, where they create wiring harnesses for your guitar needs with simple, elegant instructions to help even the first time solderer like myself get the sound they're looking for. He's not into promoting parts, myths, mojo and magic. He sells circuits and their customer service is top notch from basic upgrades to wild enhancements gun street has got what you need as i said all the links are in the show notes and you'll hear me blab about it more but if you want more look there all right back to the show well john rare buzz effects i'm glad you're here today and uh we're both rocking after after our dad duty for tonight things going okay up there in ohio
1: Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're doing well. We had a beautiful day today, first really really nice day of the year. I don't know how it was uh, Mm. down
0: where you are, but just same. And it snowed last week here. I'm not that far away from you, and I got a dusting last Tuesday, a week ago. I was like, "What world is this?" Wow. (laughs) So, uh, my great granny said it snowed in May when she was little, but I think that might have been the latest snow in a very long time here. So, okay it was like a freak thing. And my daughter was like, what? (laughs) There's snow. I was like, don't get used to it. This is, this is different. I don't know what's going on, but right. Yeah. I'm down in Louisville, so I'm not too far away from you. Okay. Um, Cool. Well, before we hop into, you know, rare buzz, all the cool things you're doing. I love, the, I just watched the Coils video on Ural's YouTube channel, and I was like, wow, this is special. <laughs>
1: this is really good.
0: <laughs> so before we get into all of that, you ready to do a few uh, Icebreaker rapid fires?
1: Yeah, yeah, shoot.
0: All right. So on your phone, or if you were spinning vinyl or whatever, what's the last track you listened to?
1: Ooh. Uh, well, I think it was Fiona Apple's Criminal, if, if you had to put me to it.
0: Okay, That's yeah. solid. Solid. Um, then you can take this as philosophical or as like plain, or you can go wherever you want to go with it. But if you were an instrument, what would you be and why? Man. You can be specific or you can be generic. It's whatever.
1: Well, I, it's gotta be a brass instrument because that's what I played growing up. So nice. I just feel, I feel naturally, uh, drawn to that. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to go out there on a limb and say the euphonium or the baritone Ooh. horn, depending on uh, the terminology you want to use, just because I kind of, I, I tend to sit at the back, but I make my presence known when it needs to be known.
0: Okay. That's our first baritone that has made it onto the show uh, funny enough we've had theremin twice but first first baritone oh wow uh both were for very different reasons one person liked to be mysterious and the other person said they don't want to be touched (laughs) 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 um that's cool so you grew up playing a lot of different brass i grew up playing trumpet so
1: oh okay yeah Yeah. I, i started on trumpet and then uh Uh, oddly enough, spent most of my high school career with the, uh, the euphonium or the baritone horn. So I guess maybe that's where I, where I fell into that. Yeah.
0: That's cool. I don't know how it was for you, but I signed up to play percussion and they said, we have too many percussionists. (laughs) 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 Try trumpet. So I liked Louis Armstrong for some reason. So it worked, but, uh, doesn't have to be music related at all, but what's something that's been inspiring you recently?
1: Um, well, we've got a, uh, a local art gallery here that's a, a nonprofit that's really, they've just been doing some great things. They have a music festival in September that I've been a part of uh, for the last two years mm-hmm. now. Um, but just the stuff that they are doing for the community that they're in. Um, and I'll shout them out. It's the, the 934 gallery here in Columbus. Yeah,
0: very cool. I think I saw you post about that recently. Yeah. So yeah. that's a, you have an event coming up with them in, what'd you say? Was it September?
1: September is when they do the 934 Festival, which uh, is kind of an art and music and spoken word and mm. kind of art in any way you would feel it.
0: Nice. I like yeah. that. And that's in your your neck of the woods, Columbus area?
1: Yeah. It's it's kind of right in the heart of Columbus, uh, mm. right in the Milo Grogan neighborhood. Folks are Very familiar cool. with Columbus.
0: Yeah. Very cool. I've only been once, and it was to see an Opeth show. Okay. So. That was a, it was a good show. It was a great show. I can't remember. I feel like it was right near, um, like campus area. It was very collegey. Okay. Um, but it was a great show. Yeah. Um, doesn't have to be music related at all either. What's a pro tip, a life hack. Yeah. Something you do that you feel like other people need to know about.
1: Well, I don't do it, but you need to stay hydrated and eat your vegetables.
0: Mm. Because
1: I I can't tell you how much better I feel when I've had a tall glass of water.
0: I think I've heard even just like the starting the day and ending the day. So I just try to like chug a a water before bed just to like, like you said, just stay hydrated. I wake up feeling, I don't wake up like in the night, like (laughs) like that death rasp (laughs) in the middle of the night. So yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Total 180. What's your go-to junk food?
1: Oh, God, pizza all day
0: long. Mm, and, and what do you go part, for?
1: That's part of the problem is it's pizza all day
0: long. <laughs> I feel you. I think I counted, what oh, was it, Friday Friday through Saturday. I was like, oh, I've had pizza the last three meals. I need to, <laughs> I need to cool it.
1: Nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
0: nothing
1: wrong with that.
0: Uh, but, what, uh, what kind of pizza to, do you go for?
1: Well, uh, you know, we've got a Columbus-style pizza here. Um, which is, it's a thinner crust. Uh, the, the toppings go all the way to the edge. So you don't have like the defined, uh, like crust at the end of your pizza. Um, and it's typically cut on a, on a grid instead of into wedges. So Mm. you get like either a little square or a little like arc type shape, um, so there's a place here in town, Toritas, that I think is the best Columbus style pizza. So if given my choice, that's where we go.
0: Sounds good. There's a place I I think it's a chain, but there's a place I grew up eating that makes that style uh called Donato's. And I always really liked Donatos. There's a couple in Lexington and they're really good. They use the little like cube pepperonis too.
1: Yeah. So yeah. good.
0: Um Lastly, you kind of shouted out the 934. Is there any other person, project, organization, somebody that's doing something cool, even someone you've seen on Instagram or something that deserves a shout out?
1: Ooh, well, yeah, definitely the 934 Festival. And uh, she'll kill me for saying this, but the, uh, the executive director of the 934 Gallery, Liz Martin, does more in an, in an hour than you and I do an entire week. So I will give her a <laughs> personal shout out on All top right. of the 934. I want to be, I want to be Liz Martin when I grow up. Yeah.
0: Uh, Well, we'll send this to her and get her nice and embarrassed. That sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good. So I want you to take me back. You mentioned growing up with trumpet and euphonium, but when you were young, what were some of your first musical memories?
1: Well, um, if you want to go way, way back in the way back machine, probably let's do it. Crank it up. The first thing that I remember is, uh, Christmas growing up. Um, we always pulled out the same vinyl album. My dad had the Oak Ridge boys Christmas album and that's what we would play while we were decorating the house and decorating the tree. And, uh, he had one of those, I'm sure at the time it was the highest buy you could get, but it was one of the Marantz, uh, you know, turntables and, and head unit and, you know, the big floor speakers like we had growing up and, uh, So, yeah, just just listening to the Oak Ridge Boys Christmas, which I probably couldn't even pick out of a lineup at this point. But, um, but yeah, that was probably the first memory that had music tied to it that I could put a a finger on at this point.
0: Nice. So, uh, and did you grow up in the Columbus area?
1: Uh, I grew up in uh, the Toledo area, just south of Toledo, but I've been in Ohio my whole life.
0: Cool. So, as you're growing up, Um, what kind of led you to signing up to do band who was influencing you? And then, you know, when did you start picking up things like you make these pretty sweet guitar pedals now? So when did you start diving into that kind of stuff as well?
1: Well, when it comes to music, um, music has always been a pretty big part of my life. I I signed up for band as soon as I could, um, played the trumpet and the euphonium all through, um, Hmm. elementary school, junior high, and high school did you march i did i did and we we actually had uh the the town that I grew up in perrysburg we had a a pretty a, a fairly competitive marching band yeah um, as things went i mean we we certainly weren't you know like like the uh the professional quality uh marching competition bands, but as a high school band we were i'm gonna toot my horn here and say we're pretty darn good. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so did that, uh, kind of all through high school, um, moved down to Columbus to go to Ohio state, um, and, uh, still kind of remained in the music scene down here. Um, probably between my junior and senior year in high school, I picked up, uh, doing live sound and sound mixing. Mm. Um and kind of got active in the theater. So that's where I got kind of the the touch for um, audio equipment.
0: Um, Nice. And that was like the theater program and stuff at school, like drama and stuff? Yes. Cool. I was Um, wondering, I was like, how does a junior in high school (laughs) get down that (laughs) rabbit (laughs) hole?
1: So, so when I came down to Columbus, I I had blown all my graduation money on, I had a, a mixing board and a, and a, PA sound system and speakers and all the fun stuff. So I did some live show stuff and, um, even did a little bit of recording, um, way back when. And, uh, but I mean, I mean, in terms of musical influence, I, you know, I was one who grew up, I like to say I'm kind of a cusp between the eighties and the nineties. Um, you know, I, I I was talking to the intern who will, we'll talk more about him down the road, I'm sure. But, uh, I was explaining to him, you know, the generation I grew up in, we were old enough to kind of be aware of what was going on with the Seattle grunge revolution in the the late 80s and early 90s, but we weren't old enough to participate in it, so Uh we knew knew the music was there, but we weren't going to the concerts and and seeing it live, Um, but then... You know, by the late 90s, when I was old enough to get in a car and go to concerts, it was the, you know, the big kind of ska, third wave, Mm -hmm. Buddy Buddy Boss Tones, no doubt. Um, So those were kind of the first concerts that I was able to go and see were bands that were, that tended to feature the brass instruments that I, I knew and loved anyway. So that was a big part of kind of transitioning from like, here's a band geek to Here's somebody who's interested in actual, you know, pop music at the time. Uh, yeah, and then believe it or not, I'm I'm a late comer to the guitar as an instrument. Uh, cool. I didn't I didn't start playing guitar until 2014, so it's only been what about six years, seven years now that I've had a guitar in my hands. So very the cool. Whole, uh, the whole below average guitarist shtick that we do in our advertising. That's very much me. I mean, I can, I can hack my way through some chords, but that's about it at this point.
0: Well, that's fun. Yeah. So, um, what, what was your kind of professional life that led you in between, uh, I don't know, deciding to reach for a guitar, starting to make all these, uh, pedals and things like that. Uh, mind the gap for me a little bit with those.
1: Sure. Well, I spent. Pardon. Excuse me. Pardon me. I um. I spent ten years of my life in the automotive industry. Um. So this is, and and both of these things I'm going to say have absolutely nothing to do with music, but it might kind of paint the picture of. Cool. Yeah. Definitely. I am. (laughs) Um, Spent ten years of my life in automotive. Um. I did everything, as I like to say, from selling new cars to dismantling them at the end of their lives. Um worked for Nissan for uh, a few years, worked for uh, a major third-party auto repair facility um, for most of the career, and then spent um, the last two years working for an auto dismantler. So I got to, you know, smash cars for a living, which
0: was... A- <laughs> That's pretty fun. <laughs> it,
1: well, it was it was a very low-stress uh, job, because if you ever had a bad day, you know, going out and crushing a handful of cars really just took the edge off <laughs> for you.
0: It's like um, the office space... Uh- Copy machine scene. Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) That's Um, good. So. After that, I got into the uh, the railroad industry, um, which is what I do as a day job or night job, as you look at it uh, now. So I, nice. I'm a, a locomotive engineer, and as I like to clarify, not the designy kind. I'm the one that you know drives the train, and you shake your fist at when you're late to work. And,
0: uh, <laughs> we and have a I lot of trains from... nearby me, so yeah, I oh, definitely yeah. do. We have a a Ford plant is like a couple of miles down the road from us. So there's trains all the time. Oh, okay,
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess, you know, to get real for a minute about that, that career is it's there are a lot of good things about it, but there are a lot of bad things about it. And, And it's sometimes difficult to take. I guess, personal satisfaction out of the work that I do. So that's where I started uh, developing kind of this, this need to express myself in a way that was that I that I couldn't find in my career. Um, That's when I picked up the guitar and, uh, you know, started kind of YouTube teaching myself how to play. Um, and, And shortly after I started playing, I decided that you know like any good guitarist i needed as many pedals as i could fit under my feet at any given time and i i came to the mistaken conclusion that it's cheaper to build them yourself than it is to buy them and that is absolutely not the truth friends it's not the truth <laughs> it's cheaper yeah. to pick up the phone and buy it from somebody else but uh But no, that's kind of what started this. Um, I've always been a tinkerer. I've always been interested in electronics. So it was kind of a natural fit for me um, to uh, kind of delve into the schematics and start learning about what did what and um, then start pairing different things together to see how they sound. And that's really what a lot Mm. of pedal development is, is you, you take either known kind of known circuit blocks or, you know, a a functional piece of an electronic circuit and stick it to another functional piece of an electronic circuit, maybe tweak something in between them and see how that sounds and then tweak something else and see how that sounds. And eventually it, uh, eventually it comes up with something fun.
0: Yeah. I, that is so, serendipitously today I received, uh, my third hands set that I bought. So I am getting ready to like dive down in, I have a buddy. I bought my first kit or PCB and, uh I'm, I'm doing a kit with my buddy soon. He's kind of going to handhold me. And I've got a couple, I did a kit with a uh, DIY recording equipment. I made a reamp box. So oh, great. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, uh, what was there some prerequisite information that you already knew? You said you were already a tinkerer. So was this not like so overwhelming when you started or, or was it pretty a blank slate when you thought, okay, I'm going to try and mess with these things?
1: Well, I guess maybe let me fill in a couple of gaps that might help answer that question. So my very first job was as a, uh, I guess kind of an apprentice electronic repair person Mm. Um, back when that was actually a thing back when we fixed stuff instead of just getting new. (laughs) Um, So that, so very young in life, you know, high school, basically it was when I was 16, you know, first job I could get. Um, I learned how to solder. I kind of learned what a resistor is, what a capacitor is, what a transistor is, that kind of stuff. And then, when I came down to Ohio State, I spent my first year in electrical engineering. So I got huh. a lot of the kind of the rudimentary again, this is a transistor, this is a resistor. Is
0: a sure. But that's okay. exactly the stuff for guitar gear. Like it,
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, the exactly. basics. Yeah. Um, um
1: So yeah, I so I kind of had that in my background and then you know, just even above and beyond that, I've always been one to take something apart and fix it rather than go out and get a new one. You know, my, my wife absolutely can't stand it because we've had this same dryer in our house for almost 20 years now, but I just keep pulling it apart and fixing what's broken and putting it back together and pulling it apart. And that's, I guess that's how I've always been is I'd rather spend, you know, 20 or $30 and a couple hours of my time to fix something than just go out and buy a new one. So.
0: That's very cool. So um, I'm kind of wondering too. So for me, as somebody that is, I don't know, very, very not knowledgeable on these things. And I've started diving in. I've started reading some books. I found the Make Electronics and then the Make uh, Analog Synthesizer books and all the Brian Wampler stuff and Reddit and things like that. Has been helpful, but where do you kind of help people that are uh, haven't had any background? So, the, all of this idea of resistors and transistors and capacitors is all brand new. What do you like to either point them towards or start with when you're explaining those things?
1: Well, I think, I guess it depends on the audience, if that makes sense. If I've got sure. somebody that um, already has kind of a technical mind but doesn't necessarily have the background in that specific technical thing. Like sure. the, the intern, Brandon, um, his background is in microbiology. So he's already got a very scientific mind. He just doesn't know electronics. So for him, we can explain at a much higher level. And I'll give him books that are, you know, like the, um, the Art of Electronics is one of the first books that I think a lot of people would recommend to somebody to go out and pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, which that explains all the different components, what specifically they're doing. It does get a little mathy, which I really don't care for the math side of things, Um, but it's there if you want it. You can figure out the the formulas that you would use to actually do the math figure out what's going on in the circuit. Um, If you just kind of want to know how guitar gear works, uh, the um, electrosmash.com website is Mm -hmm. like Wikipedia for guitar equipment um they do such a good job of taking kind of the classic effects the tube screamer the clon the rat they'll break down all the different components they'll even go so far as to say okay this is what r1 resistor number one is actually doing in the circuit and this is what C2 capacitor 2 is doing and if you adjust C2 to make it bigger it'll make this sound versus if you make it smaller it'll make that sound and that's the kind of stuff that when I first started learning this that was very very helpful is to be able to see what's happening in the circuit figure out what parts of that circuit are doing what and then what do you change to make it different and to be fair Wampler's books are both very good at doing that um Yes. His his first book if I'm not mistaken is the one where he takes, you know, all the classic effects and basically his just years of research of breadboarding these and swapping parts and saying just that, you know, if you want if you want more bass in a DS1, you go in there and you pick out these three capacitors and change the value to this. Um and that's that's the kind of thing that's great to look at. When you go to design your own stuff, too, because you can say, okay, here's this thing that I've breadboarded, but I don't like this. Mm. What can I change to make that different and, and go right to it?
0: Hey, music makers. I interrupt this interview to briefly introduce to you the Chase Bliss Audio Mood, a two-channel granular microlubrin delay. This backing track you're hearing now features my guitar and the whimsical glitches you can get at your fingertips with the mood. I recently partnered with Chase Bliss for teaching and introducing effects pedals to music therapists in my communities, mostly because I love their company culture, the products they make, and their approach to impacting all the different music communities they interact with. So if you haven't heard of them, you should go check out their stuff. You should listen to the recent episode with Joel Corti, the founder, episode 49, and check out their many other beautiful, awe-inspiring, creativity-expanding pedals at chaseblissaudio.com. All right, back to the show. So with the idea of that in mind, of just tweaking things and – uh, trying things out, what do you recommend are some kind of first circuits that a, you know somebody like me who's interested in starting to read through all these things, what are a few of those classic circuits that you think people should, should try first?
1: Well, I would certainly say um, if you're looking for a simple low parts count circuit that is pretty foolproof, something like the MXR distortion plus, or even the micro amp, which they're almost virtually the same circuit, um, hmm. are both really good to start with. And I think a lot of people recommend starting with transistor based circuits, which isn't a bad idea either, but, um, I just think that those two circuits, the, the micro amp and the distortion plus are both just so simple and, again they're they're foolproof um, i think a lot of people tend to gravitate towards something like the fuzz face because oh it's only 13 parts and you know you just hobble them together but that's a deceptively hard circuit to build and have mm-hmm. it sound good and i think mm-hmm. that's ultimately what you want is to build something that not only works but you want it to sound good you want to be able <laughs> to show it to your friend and say hey i, look, I, I built this thing and it's cool and, and I think it's frustrating when you build something that doesn't work the way you want it to. And, you know, we, we joke at the studio that the the fuzz is our Eleanor. I mean, we have never been able to build one that works the way we want it to work. And I wouldn't Mm. ask somebody who's never touched a soldering iron to do that (laughs) Yeah, either. You know, it just, it's, it's a tough one to build. Um, So yeah, the MXRs I think are, are, good ones to build because they're, again, they're, they're hard to screw up.
0: (laughs) That's good. That's good. Yeah. So I have a friend who's going to handhold me through doing a uh, fuzz factory kind of PCB. So luckily I have somebody who knows what they're doing, who's going to help me. But, um, I was just like, you know, I've always wanted one. Let's do it. So, um, yeah. But that's super exciting. So tell me a little bit about, you know, your kind of brand. You all are humorous. You just put out this April Fool's pedal that is actually done really well. <laughs> and, uh, yes, <laughs> And so you inject a lot of humor in what you do. You've got a lot of cool circuits that are affordable. You even have some DIY um, aids and PCBs for D- DIYers. So tell me kind of about the the ethos of rare buzz. And I also want to know too, wh- wh- where rare buzz, what, it, what does that mean? I mean, I tried to decipher the logo and that kind of stuff. And I was like, what am I looking at? And, <laughs> and what does it mean? Uh, other than I'm assuming like it's a rare buzz, like it feels good. But other than that, le- illuminate me.
1: I'll start with the logo. Cause that's easy to explain. Um, so that is an NPN transistor symbol in a, hmm like a honeycomb hexagon. So that part of it kind of makes sense the the rare buzz, where that name came from. So before I built guitar effects, I was doing some blogging and even did a little bit of event promotion here in Columbus. Um, And that was just the name that I used for that. So I already had kind of the the social media set up already had the, um, Oh, had the, the handles everywhere had the website. So
0: it, just and, easy uh, to run with it. it. Yeah. Easy yeah, yeah. to just
1: run with it. Yeah. And it, you know, when you have that established on date and it's already got a couple of years behind it, it makes you look better than you really are. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of where that, where that, uh, worked in. And again, I, I couldn't recall where that name came from or why it sounded good at the time, but.
0: It works. It's, it yeah, works. It sticks yeah. out. Yeah. That, it made me wonder that, like, huh, what does that mean? <laughs> Where <laughs> is that going? So tell me a little bit about the ethos. You said, you know, you have your day, well, your not day job, but your regular job that you're doing. And then this as your kind of creative output, and you have this intern you're taking on. So, like, what do you want and what does it look like in the near future for Rear Buzz?
1: well I think in the in the near future um i I think we're kind of happy with where we're at um cool uh i one thing that's real big about what we do uh it, it's very important for us to be good stewards of our community, and whether that be our our physical community here in Columbus or just the, the arts or or music community at large. Um, So that's always been a real big part of the Rare Buzz story is giving back, whether that be, you know, monetary donations or whether that be um, donating gear or helping support other causes. Um,
0: Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, I've noticed that even in the kind of the short time I've been aware, I've seen several things that you all have been doing. And I think most recently it was the special run for the Trans Day of uh, visibility, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We did the, uh, the trans day of visibility snitches and those sold very well. And we, we supported a, a local, um, youth outreach center, um, mm, that, that cool. works with, uh, yeah, works with kind of gender non-conforming, uh, uh, youth or. Yeah. So
0: cool. So, uh, I'm wondering too, then kind of as someone like yourself, that's doing this really as like a fulfilling creative endeavor. Uh, I'm wondering how the intern process happened and came up. He reached out to me. So
1: I, I like to re- remind him that every time he complains, this,
0: <laughs> hey, is, this yeah. is entirely. This, good this, good. Is <laughs> this is your idea.
1: This is your idea. No, but Brandon, uh, he's a local musician. Um, I think he's someone that is very interested in kind of the nuts and bolts of what goes on inside the guitar pedal. Um, and he was just interested in at first just kind of coming to the shop and seeing what happens. And, uh, from there it kind of took off. Um, Mm. in fact, he's, uh, he's actually working on his own pedal design right now. I've given him kind of free reign to, to go crazy. So.
0: Super cool. That's exciting. So, and you do have this shop. I saw you posting about, there was a fire or something recently near you. So it, uh, is that a space where you, you have, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, but like walk-in type space, or is it more like workshop, like put your head down and get stuff done there? What, what is the atmosphere of that?
1: Uh, definitely the latter. Um, it's at a, uh, it's at the Millworks, um, which is an art, studio complex in columbus and uh there there are a number of art studio complexes in columbus which we're very fortunate to have um but millworks is a little different that we're more of a kind of a closed maker space we really don't we don't have like open open hours and things like that not to say that i i can't have people you know come visit and see how sausage is made um but You know, but it's when it comes not like to,
0: a big wide open door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right,
1: right. We don't have, you know, events every weekend, things like that. It tends to be a little bit more uh, subdued and low key, which is nice. Um, But it's it really is just kind of where where we do all the building. It's nice not having to clean up every day when we're done. Just we can kind of turn out the lights and step away from the desk and leave the project sit as, as it sits. So,
0: mm. Well, I'm kind of wondering too, as this person who's kind of come into this community through kind of a random back door uh, of just finding out you were interested in this and it just seems like it's kind of happened as like a, it seems like a natural progression. So I'm wondering what, what has been surprising to you about this process of, you know, growing this community and making these products? What, what's some of the highlight reels and things that have surprised you along the way?
1: I would say, and I think if you talk with other builders in the community, um, the thing that's most surprising to me is how open the community is. Um, We're very, and the analogy that I give is it's almost as if Chevy would take an engine to Ford and say, this isn't running right. can you take a look at it and fix it because that's essentially what we're doing, I mean, which is got, wild
0: yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah when you've got one small builder talking to another small builder we're essentially competition i mean that but but it doesn't feel that way, and it never mm-hmm. really has it always it's everybody is very welcoming and open and I mean I'm you know I'm not asking for somebody to give me the, the schematic to their best selling pedal so that I can rip it off. I mean, we, we tend to kind of give and take when it comes to ideas and, and uh, if one of us hits a building block or a roadblock uh, when it comes to a design, another will help. But um, just the openness of the community mm. is, is amazing.
0: Mm. So you've got several, um, legacy products, and you've got a lot of cool things out right now. I'm wondering what are some of your products that you're most proud of?
1: I would say the one that just in terms of personal satisfaction was the cranberry. And, um, I won't dig too deep into the story of the cranberry other than when it was first released, it was a disaster and I had to recall (laughs) all the ones that I'd sold and basically
0: go back to the
1: drawing board. So, um, with it being my first pedal, I think it would have been very easy to hang it up at that time and just refund money and say, you know, I'm, I'm out of this. We'll leave it to the professionals. Um, but I really, I kind of put my head down and, and stuck to it and got the, you know, got the pedal redesigned and back out there. And, um, and functional again. So I, I guess from a, from a personal standpoint, that's something that meant a lot to me that I didn't give up, mm. you know, cause it's, it's even for me, I'm not saying that I'm you know better than anybody else. Like I'm the first person to give up in most cases. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it, for for me, it was just, you know, a, a kind of a, a point of personal satisfaction to, to get it done and get it fixed. Um, <sighs> this stupid coils, I, I Like I just, I scratch my head about it because it's, I mean, it's without a doubt when you look at just sheer volume versus the amount of time, it's our best selling pedal by
0: far. Which is buck wild. Which is
1: crazy because it's, I mean, we were sitting, we've, we've been developing that pedal since like December or January and, and the whole conversation started as, well, we've got to do an April Fool's pedal. So what is something that like no one would want? like what's the stupidest idea we could come up with and and we're kicking it around and i'm like how about like an anti-buffer like something that unbuffers your signal and that yeah, was the, yeah, yeah. that was the the impetus of this whole thing is like how do we unbuffer a signal yeah and, and, and it's sold and i mean now i i don't want to pat myself on the back so hard that my arm breaks but like it's a good looking pedal i mean hmm. i was i was it surprised nice. and uh, yeah. you know very happy with how it turned out and i think You had mentioned Brandon's video, and I... I, I, (laughs) It's
0: outrageous. It is outrageously funny.
1: I don't have words for... And he did that entirely on his own. He he sent me the the link to watch it. And I said, oh my gosh, you've done it. This is perfect.
0: (laughs) I like the, like, as it keeps going. And it's like, no, my favorite one is my vintage 1999 Squire (laughs) Stratocaster. That's the one that got me the most. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. I already knew it was going to be silly. But that lead in, I was like, oh, all right, this is great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, here we go.
0: Oh, that is good. Well, um and tell me a little bit about the fruit series and the things like that, the DIY stuff. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure.
1: So um that was something that I did um last year, really about this time is when I started putting mm. that together. Um and, and we got uh a handful of them available toward the end of last year, but it was it was kind of a response to everybody having to be home. Um during the initial kind of lockdown due to COVID, mm, cool. and um, so you know, I knew people were going to be less interested in spending a large amount of money on something, and we're going to have some home time, and might want to take up a new project. So, the the fruit series are all Dan Armstrong effects. So the mm. the apple is a green ringer, the berry is the, the blue clipper, um, and uh, yeah, they're just they're Fairly simple effects, hopefully fairly simple to put together, um, but they sound pretty darn good, um, and they're they're very uh, very traditional interpretations of those designs. I mean, you know, they're we didn't get too crazy with them. We didn't do a bunch of mods. They're basically just you know the the classic schematic online. That's what you're gonna get. So. Um, for somebody who's interested in starting building or wants to try one of those but doesn't want to spend the several hundred dollars that a genuine unit would cost, it's, it's a neat way to kind of get your foot in the door. And I guess the caveat to that is they are all in the midst of being redesigned right now. So if you go mm. to the website right this second, they're not there, but uh, very, very soon we've got um, three of them in the, the final stages of quality control testing. Um, and should have them back up very soon. But then we've even what, what we do have available are the, the solder practice kits, which
0: are yeah, that thing is cool. It's you you
1: basically get a bag with a, a circuit board, and then I think it's fifty four different components you put on, and it's you know eight different small resistors and eight different big resistors, and then LEDs and transistors and capacitors, and so you just you get an idea of what it's like to solder. These different things, and, and get plenty of practice doing it, so that way you don't <clears throat> go to that kit and screw up that board. You know, if you're gonna if you're mm. gonna learn soldering the hard way, I, I feel it's better to do it on something that you're not too worried about what it's going to be when it's done.
0: Very cool, very cool, and super affordable. All your things I'm looking at, I was like, man, everything is really affordable, um, especially for it being. You know, a small company doing their thing. Usually, you see kind of the opposite. The like, oh wow, that's ex- super expensive. So, <laughs> I think it. I think everybody should definitely check out all the stuff. It's just like even from the. It almost scratches that. Like, ooh, I think I could part with that right now. <laughs> kind of, um, uh, kind of like hand over my wallet kind of thing. So, very cool. Well, I want to know, like, uh, you know who have been some of the kind of mentors for you and you mentioned like the community. So who do you want to shout out community wise? That's been, you know, helpful along your way.
1: Well, there are, so you may see some terminology on our website and then even in our social media posts, the four track syndicate. So that's myself, uh, Kevin Schoen of Schoenswood Wood. Uh, Kevin LeClerc of Sound Slice Effects and then Zach Sweeney of Malaise Forever. Now, Zach's right here in Columbus, so he and I can actually you know, see each other. The other two are in Canada, so we've never met, but we talk every single day. So I would like to shout the three of them out um, as just being kind of my constant sounding block for everything. Um, but then there's there's a group that we've got on discord of all places that I, there's probably a couple hundred builders that are members, but there's, I would say 30 or 40 that are active. Um, and Alec from mask audio is the one who set that all up. So of nice. course, shout out to him, but um, really that, that's the group that we we kind of commiserate together if people have questions it's it's a complete judgment free zone so if you ask a question that's like a a total nude question you don't get you know just absolutely bombarded with yeah oh, you <laughs> railed, should know the yeah come on
0: yeah you safer than a, some of the, spedis, the the spaces like reddit and stuff <laughs> oh yeah
1: yeah so I mean I guess you know too many to shout out individually but you Very know cool. who you are people but that's the, that's <laughs> the, that's really the community that that I discuss when I say that is you know there's this group of people that we you know if we have a question that we need to ask they're there and they answer it so
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, we've kind of been talking around all of these things. So I'm wondering, where do you want people to find all of your stuff? Where do you like to direct them to, to find anything rare buzz? Uh,
1: Well, all of our stuff. um, So little, little backstory, one social media platform, and I can't remember which one it was, but way back when I set this all up, I could not be rare buzz everywhere. There was one that rare buzz was already taken. So we're Rare Buzzer E-R, everywhere, and that's all social media platforms, and then our website is www.rarebuzzer.com. Um, I would say if you were to choose one place to look, Instagram is absolutely our most active. Um, that's where we announce 90% of our new uh, information. Um, new pedals, uh, new colorways, uh, special releases, things like that. You're going to see that on Instagram first. Um, the only thing that you may not is if we've got a special where I send it to the email list first, then you've got to be on the email list, which you can sign up for at any of the pre-described locations, so...
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, lastly, I just want you to to riff on this however you want to take it, but why do you think it's important? I think especially coming from your background of, like you said, somebody looking for this creative outlet. Why do you think it's so important that people make more music?
1: I I guess I'm I'm gonna maybe get a little philosophical here. I had a That's great. (laughs) I've got a, a very good friend. And I'm not going to say who it is, but if he hears this, he'll know. Um, his mother passed away uh, just very recently here. And he's Jewish, and he's very orthodox in his beliefs. And one of the things that he is supposed to abstain from is listening to or creating music for an entire year. Mm, and, I, wow. and I thought to myself, like, that would kill me. I, I don't know what I could. I, I couldn't do that. And, and I got to thinking even further on that. And I don't mean this as, you know, a knock on the religion, because that's not at all what this is, but it almost seems to me like you would want the opposite. You know, for me, music is so much the fabric of emotion. And, you know, if you're in a bad mood, you listen to music that makes you feel worse. And if you're in a good mood, you listen to music, that feels better. It's just so much a part of my life. And to not do that for a year, just, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine it. So I guess just because it's, I hate to sound silly, but like, it's the, it's the, the language of emotion to me. Mm. You've got to keep making it because that's how humans express all the different emotions we feel because words really don't do a very good job of it when you get down to it.
0: Hmm. I love it. Well, I think this chat's been great. It's been further inspiring for me as I dive down the DIY rabbit hole. Uh, (laughs) So I I thank you for your time. And, you know, I think everybody should go check out your stuff. So did we leave anything on the table? Anything else you want to talk about, John?
1: Not that I can think of. Just thanks for having me. I I know it's... uh, we, we set this up a while back, it seems like, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to get it, uh, get it done. It's been a blast.
0: Very cool. Well, thanks, man. Well, for John and for Chris, everybody, remember, give more grace, share more love, and make more music. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you enjoyed and want to learn more about the guests, their info is in the show notes as well as how you can support the show. And the best way is to leave a rating and review and tell a friend. Anything else, if you want to make a donation, buy some merch, uh, follow us on Instagram, get in touch with me. You can all do that through the links in the show notes. But until next time, give more grace, share more love, and make more music.